Allow me just to share with you some words. I want to begin by reading some words to a song that I was listening to on my way in early this morning. So children, this is a little quiz for you. As I'm reading this words to this song, I wonder when I get to the end, if you could tell me what program this is from. But don't jump in in the middle of it. You have to wait to the end of it, okay? I'm going to read this words to this song. It says this, Christmas time is here, happiness and cheer, fun for all that children call that favorite time of the year. Snowflakes in the air, carols everywhere, olden times and ancient rhymes of love and dreams to share. Sleigh bells in the air, beauty everywhere, Yuletide by the fireside and joyful memories there. Christmas time is here. We'll be drawing near. Oh, that we could always see such spirit through the year. Children, do you know what program that is from? Yeah, very good. Thank you. That, that sounded like maybe a three-year-old boy, right? <laughs> Oh, that's hard because I've heard that song with little children singing it, but I've never really listened to the words. And what that, that song speaks about is the special time of year that we get to enjoy right now. But I appreciated the last line that said, oh, I wish we could keep this throughout the whole year. Well, this is a special time of the year, and it's hard to imagine that we're only two weeks away from Christmas Eve. And this affords us an opportunity to be with our family, with friends, and my guess is you'll be with some gatherings at Christmas parties, and with that often comes some special foods. I wonder what special foods you have. As we have gathered together, there's certainly some eggnog, but I can remember times growing up on the farm where... It was the one time a year where we would have oyster stew. And so whatever it is for you, (laughs) I hope that this is a very memorable time for you. This Christmas season also provides us this time to sing these familiar songs, look at decoration and lights, and yes, even get to the gifts, right? As we look to the passages of the scriptures that speak of the first Christmas, it's hard not to miss how joyous of a time it was. When Gabriel, the angel, came to Mary, he said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. It speaks of this joyous time. And when the angels visited the shepherds out in the field, you remember what they said? Fear not, for behold, I bring you Good news of great joy for all the people. And when the wise men saw the star, according to Matthew 2, verse 10, it says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Do you hear it? And many of the songs that we sang this morning and through this season capture that joy. Just yesterday morning in the office, I was going through the order of service, and I was singing these songs with a hymnal, and I'm 
you're probably glad that you weren't there to, to hear that, but, but it was a reminder of how joyous this occasion is. Oftentimes, when we think of this adoration service, our goal is, is to get you focused on Jesus this Christmas season. Well, this morning, I just want to take a few moments and offer an opportunity for you not to just have joy during the Christmas season, but beyond December and for all the days of your life. Because there is this joyous occasion that it is speaking about here in the early chapters of the Gospels. So before I get to that, why don't we just consider the setting. The setting of the first Christmas. If you're familiar with some of the Bible story, then you realize there's about a 400-year gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And there's a silence where it's like God is not speaking through his prophets. And during this time, and really during all the times since the Garden of Eden, man has been their own king. Woman has ruled their own lives. About 1,500 years before the first Christmas, God had raised up a man named Moses, and he gave Moses what was called the law. And this was the, this was the law that man was to keep to walk with God. But the men during that time, as well as the men and women during our time, have not been able to keep that law. The scripture says in Galatians 3 verse 10, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Curse for us for not being able to obey God or to to keep his law. I wonder how often you think of this concept of curse. Sometimes us sports fans might think about the curse of the Boston Red Sox or the the curse of of the Chicago Cubs, or it may seem like at times our life is cursed. It's like we're, we're just spinning our tires and we're not able to gain any traction in life. Well, the Bible tells us that since the original sin, man and women have been born under a curse. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 14. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there's anyone who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. And to make matters worse, this curse of a future of which we are assured of just injury or harm is not only present, but it will follow us in the life to come when we pass away. You heard about this curse. In fact, it was the last verse that we just sung before I came up here in Joy to the World. It said, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. The setting here of the first Christmas, is that there is a curse over all the land, is that men and women, boys and girls, find themselves under the penalty of sin. And so when we read of the angels coming to the shepherds and saying that they have good news of great joy, that great joy is tied to the possibility of this curse being lifted. 
Jesus would say of himself as an adult in John 3.17, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. I think many of us are already aware of our sin, of a curse that is in, in our land. And we can see that within our own lives, of pride, of conflict, of, of selfishness. And then in those habitual sins that we are unable to get ourselves out of. But for us, Jesus was sent. Jesus said again as an adult, he says, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, there were people during the story of the first Christmas that were not welcoming Jesus. There was Herod, there was the chief priests and scribes that knew where he was to be born but would not go to worship him. And in our day today, there are people that know about Jesus, but they don't want to serve him or worship, or even think that they have a need, like they really have a curse over their own life because of their sins. But to those of us that feel the conviction of our sins, there is good news. I remind you again what the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David... A Savior. A Savior? A Savior from what? Well, when the angel visited Joseph, he told Joseph what they were to name that child. And and the, the angel said, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The reason he has come is to deal with this sin problem, to deal with this curse problem. The book of Galatians says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Now this Jesus came, was brought up as an adult. He lived a sinless life and he is the only one who never committed a sin or rebelled against his father. But the reason he came was to absorb your curse and my curse. There is good news of great joy that the Savior has been born. Now, how is it that we can enter into this forgiveness and have this curse lifted from our life? In a word, it's faith. It's by faith alone. It's trusting in what Jesus has done for us to take our curse upon himself. A little bit later this afternoon, we have some new neighbors that have moved in. And it's our intentions of welcoming them to the area by presenting to them some gifts. Now, all that they need to do is to receive those gifts. And that's all one needs to do with this gift of forgiveness. It's not to work towards it. It's not to try to add to it, but just to humbly to say, I, I can't lift this curse. I can't do anything of my own sin. I will, I will receive it. So have you done that? The next part of this passage says, Who is Christ the Lord? Luke 2, verse 11. You see, he is not only Savior, 
but he is also Lord. It's as if you give him the keys of your life and say, Jesus, you drive. You direct my paths. You direct my steps. It's as if you give him your calendar and your goals and you say, it is all yours. It is as if you give him the throne of your life and say, you sit there. I will not sit there anymore. And he leads. I wonder, have you received this good news of great joy? Is he your savior? Is he the Lord of your life? And if he is, then there ought to be some fruit of evidence of that. Let me just go real quickly through some of this. If he is Savior and Lord of your life, then you are a new creation. The moment you ask Jesus to save you, the Bible tells us that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And you became a new person. According to Ephesians, you are chosen. You are called to himself. You are made alive. You are forgiven. You are adopted. You have this ongoing change in your life. And even in the midst of suffering that you might be experiencing this morning, you have hope. Because one day you'll receive a new heavenly body. If you've been born again, it's as if you see life entirely different. You have new different direction. You have different focus. You have priorities that have changed. It doesn't mean that you don't sin sometimes. But you're sinning less and less in your life. John said it this way, No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Now we'll continue to struggle with sin, but it's less and less prevalent in our life. So if you've placed your faith in Christ, if he is Lord of your life, then you are a new creation. Then secondly, You've entered into a new relationship with him. And when you have a a new relationship, you realize it's not about you trying to please God by your works, but you're just trusting in him. And in these sort of relationships, there needs to be some communication where God speaks to you. You know how he speaks to you? Through the Bible. It's by reading it. It's by hearing it. It's by having it preached to you and studying it. It's memorizing and meditating it. And ultimately by obeying it as he gives you the strength through his spirit. So you need to be hearing from him on a daily basis. And secondly, you not only hear from him, but he can hear from you as you pray to him. I don't know about you, but life continually gives me some circumstances that are beyond what I can cope with. And so I have this opportunity to continue to cast my burdens on him. And this is what a child of God does. But you not only have a new relationship with him, but you know what? You also have new relationships with one another. Before I was a Christian, I was, it was so easy for me to hold a grudge and unforgiveness and bitterness towards another person. But what God has been doing in my life ever since It's teaching me that I need to love people. And when people hurt me, I need to extend forgiveness to them. This is what the Bible says. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. If you say you've trusted Christ, if you say he is Lord of your life, then you would be a new creation. 
And that you would have a new relationship. God is your highest priority. And loving others would be your second priority. And you know where we do that? We do that in the context of a local church. Not not just Highland Crest. There's plenty of Bible-preaching churches. But the mark of one who has placed their faith in Christ, who has him as Lord of life, is they are living this out in the context of a family of faith. As we think about this passage today, and, and maybe you're here as one that is seeking. You're seeking more truth and more answers. One thing that I would recommend of you, there's plenty of these what we call gospel tracks. There's some at the Welcome Center. There's some at the table as you leave the worship center today. Feel free to take one of these, and you can read it over yourself. And it will, it will direct you to how you can have a relationship with Christ. And if you do have a relationship with Christ, well then, why don't you take a few of these on your way out so that you can distribute to them other people that you can share the good news with them throughout this Christmas season. Well, would you join me and let's uh, have a time of prayer. Fathers, we've thought about today, we've, we're thinking about these songs we've heard. We're thinking about the narration that we have heard. And what a blessing it has been to just be affirmed and and to see you worshipped. It is good for us to reflect on what Jesus has done by coming here. Yes, he was in in the manger. And he also was raised as an adult to give his life for our sins, to become the curse for us that we might enter into Life, life in this world and life in the world to come. What good news it is to know that we can not only experience this happiness during this Christmas season, but there is a joy available to us beyond December, a joy of having our, our, our sins forgiven and a joy of walking with you each day. So I want to pray for my friends my loved ones here today. And if they have not entered into this relationship, bring them to a place where they would acknowledge their sin, where they have rebelled against you, where they feel the curse of sin over them, and then look to Jesus and what he has done for them. Help them to receive the gift by faith, of forgiveness of sins, that they would be a new person, they would be born again, they'd be adopted, and they would enter into this great relationship with you and with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.